Hello, and welcome to the Passion for Fashion podcast. I'm your host, Misha Cora. In today's episode, I'm discussing relevant sections of an academic fashion paper titled Reproducing and Resisting the Master Narrative of Decline. Midlife Professional Women's Experiences of Aging by Angela Threthaway. The paper is structured into one, theorizing midlife experience, the master narrative of decline, two, method, three, the agonies and ecstasies of aging, analyzing midlife women's narratives, four, the politics of midlife at work, aging, enterprise, and implications, and five, discussion. The author uses three research questions to frame her qualitative paper. Question one is, how is aging categorized and experienced by white, by white middle-class professional women? Question two is, how do white middle-class women reproduce the discourse of decline in their narratives and embodied identities? Question three is, how do white middle-class professional women resist the discourse of decline through their narratives and embodied identities? To answer these interrelated questions, Trethaway conducted interviews in participants' place of business, local coffee houses, restaurants, or households, and then analyzed the data for emergent themes that suggest how these women experience, embody, and perform their age. After each interview, she wrote field notes about themes. She says that people are divided into two main categories accepting aging or rejecting aging, but the reality is that she doesn't see how difficult it is for some women to go from capturing eyes constantly and lots of attention to absolute nothingness. They don't know what it feels like to be on stage at an award ceremony, their husband isn't wearing his wedding ring, and women in the audience are throwing themselves at him. While they feel the invisible hand of time hurting more and more day by day, and they have to keep it together because it's being filmed and their children are in the audience. I don't think anyone fully accepts or rejects age. It just is. I agree that the fact that there are a few midlife women in power means mentoring younger women to get to that level is not possible, but most of those women got ahead by themselves without mentoring in person, and when they reached a certain point, mentors approached them. All the mentors I've ever had have approached me, I've never approached them. I think the real issue is that many women choose to define themselves by their marriage slash relationship status and cap off what they can achieve based on the level that their partner has achieved. So if he's in business, she caps herself off earning beneath him and staying beneath him in the limelight so as to keep the relationship on solid ground. His career comes first. His needs come first. Her children's needs come at a high priority. It makes it very difficult for women to get ahead when the relationship takes so much energy and time. If she makes the mistake of joining forces with his career, then she will almost invariably be used as a stepping stone to get him ahead, and then as soon as he's ahead, she'll get cheated on, if not abandoned, when he gets where he wants to be financially, professionally, and status-wise. So, anyone who is mentoring needs to be lining up energetically with the mentee. That is, leaders mentor leaders, supporters mentor supporters, masculine energy mentors masculine energy, feminine energy mentors feminine energy. It must also be said, though, that the vast majority of women will find greater fulfillment in the legacy of their family life and relationships than in the cutthroat world of business, politics, or law.
Nobody should feel like they have to become a high-powered midlife career woman if they'd rather be at home with their family and or if they don't have what it takes to get ahead. Nobody should feel like they have to become a high-powered midlife career woman if they'd rather be at home with their family. Likewise, no one should put pressure on high-powered midlife women to change their nature to fit into an arbitrary box labeled as feminine or masculine. Both types of lives have meanings, and we can only pick one. The author talks about the need for midlife social support at work, but most women at that age are so busy worrying about their children getting into the right graduate and professional schools, they don't have the time to socialize with as much energy and gusto as they did as bachelorettes or as newlyweds. Being a mom takes a lot of time. Being a grandma takes a lot of time. Vetting potential suitors takes a lot of time. Not everybody can manage these tasks and also run a huge career. Everyone is given a blank canvas when they're born. Someone Some women choose to fill it with love, laughter, joy at home with their loved ones, and some choose to demonstrate their love for humanity in a bigger, broader sense than the strict operational confines of a family. People can choose to show love in many ways. For some people, it's running multi-billion dollar companies and setting their own course in life by contributing to society, and for others, it's running a family unit, raising morally upright young people who make a difference in the world and deferring to their husband on almost all decisions. It's all about trade-offs. You can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. That's all for now. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe for more posts in the future.